welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hey everybody, this is Rhonda Arlt and welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm here with my best friend, my Whole Brain Teaching sister, Laura. Hey Rhonda, how are you? Good. It's been a long time since we've gotten together on this. I, I know, I know. It's so good to be back doing the podcast with you. And so I'm excited about today's guest. Yeah. We going? Well, on today's podcast, we are thrilled to have Platinum Certified Instructor Joanna Willis on the podcast. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching Podcast, Joanna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Can you um, start out by um, giving a bit of an introduction of who you are, where you live, and what grade you teach so everybody out there can get to know you a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, I live in Gibson City, Illinois which is a town of about 3,000 in central Illinois. Um, I teach second grade. This is my 19th year of teaching, um, ninth year of teaching second grade. And then um, before that, in another district, I taught first grade for nine years. And I was also a reading specialist for one year. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so let's get some background information. I mean, you told us your personal background information, but tell us how you found whole brain teaching. How did you get started in whole brain teaching? How long have you been doing it? Let us know your, tell us your whole brain teaching story. Sure. Um, so about 10 years ago, the year I was actually a reading specialist, um, I knew I was going to be going back to the classroom the following year. And the, one of the kindergarten teachers in my building had just, found whole brain teaching somehow. And she um, was going to start using the rules and she was talking about the rules and how great they were. And I was like, oh, that sounds really great. I would like to use those next year in the classroom. And so um, that following year, um, excuse me, um, I did start with just the rules. And I think I also used the class. Yes, that year. Um, Trying to remember. That was a long time ago. Um, And then the following year, I kept up with the class. Yes. And the rules. Um, and I'm trying to think, I think it was still pretty like basic. That's where I kept it, but I kept researching it more. And then, um, after that, that was my last year in my old district and I was going to be moving to my new district and moving to second grade. And so that summer I like really started researching it. Um, and I remember watching, um, coach B's, uh, YouTube webinars. Do you remember those? Like, and he would wear his hat and he would like, when he made a big point, he'd be like, all right, I'm taking off my hat. And that was, that was when you knew, oh, coach B he's about to be serious now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember watching so many different episodes of those. And, um, so 
that year I introduced um, Mirror Words and Teach OK. I tried Scoreboard. I wasn't very consistent with it. So I don't think, you know. Um, and then the following year, I added Super Improvers. Um, and then just kind of started incorporating more and more. But I would say it wasn't until um, Whole Brain Teaching had like really strengthened its Facebook presence um, that I really started digging in deep um, and just like getting, you know, incorporating things like coach would come up with a new idea, like peace circle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whereas before it would probably take me a couple months to a year before I would try that. Now I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try that in like a week or, you know, so it wasn't it, it, that the social media really helped um, bring me into whole brain teaching more because I was able to connect with others who were doing it. People were sharing videos at their classrooms, um, using the new techniques and strategies. That was really helpful. Um, and then, yeah, so that was, that was very helpful to me. And that's when I really started digging in deep to everything. And then, um, right. Uh, the year of COVID actually I feel like everyone, that's everyone's benchmark nowadays, isn't it? Like right. the year of COVID. Um, that was when I started, uh, going into the certification process and working my way through that. Um, I think I covered everything. <laughs> you know what I really love about your story is that I'm hearing that you started slow. You like took your time. I, you started like with the basics. And I love that because there is a lot of components to whole brain teaching. And sometimes we can feel overwhelmed, even if we've been doing it for a really long time. And so I love um, your story and that I feel like it gives people permission to like take it slow. And Rhonda always says that she's like, you know, baby steps. She says mm -hmm. that a lot on the podcast. And I just think that's so important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was thinking the same thing. I appreciate you sharing that because I know that we've got a bunch of new people starting and they need to know that you can't just boom, do it all, all at the same time. So appreciate you sharing that. So mm -hmm. um, what has been the most common teaching problem for you in a classroom setting? Um, so I think, well, I'm going to go back. I'm I'm going to, I know that everyone's like being driven bananas by chatter right now. Like I see that on our Facebook groups, like, oh my gosh, my class won't stop talking. I think that is one of the biggest problems that all classroom teachers are facing this year. Um, but for me, I'm looking more of it as what was the biggest hurdle for me to overcome as a teacher. Um, and that was, um, <laughs> I'll be honest, my yelling. Um, when I first started teaching, I was that teacher who yelled like, could hear me down the hallway yelling at my kids. Um, and I like that's, and I would go home feeling like, oh my gosh, like that is terrible, you know? And even I would, I had two different admin talk to me about it. Like, Hey, this is a problem. You, you can't be doing this or, you know, you need to like come up with some different strategies, um, and try and work on this. And I was trying, but it just, I just, the yelling and the scolding, it was so hard for me to rein it in. And whole brain teaching really helped a lot with that. Um, and I would say that even the first five years of using whole brain teaching, I was still, I would still slip into the scolding, not as much yelling, um, but the scolding still was there. Um, and I would say probably within just the past two years, I've really got it reined in. Um, and 
I'm not sitting here saying I'm like super perfect teacher, but I cannot think of the last time that I have raised my voice to students, um, which is a huge victory for me. Um, and even with the scolding, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's just, it's, I just, I go home at the end of the day and I think, okay, like I feel good about what happened today. Mm -hmm. Like I don't go home feeling like the worst teacher in the world anymore. Um, and that I think has prevented me from burning out in education, which I think, you know, that I think that's a lot of what's going on is people are just going home and feeling awful. And then just like, well, why am I doing this profession if it's making me feel this way? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty with that. I mean, that takes a big heart to admit what, you know, we're not good at. And I think, you know, even good teachers revert back to those old habits of, you know, scolding. I mean, I caught myself, you know, thinking this isn't, I shouldn't be scolding this child. I, you know, and then you go back and review what we need to do for Holbrook teaching. So mm-hmm. thanks for um, admitting to yeah. some of your faults as you were beginning teacher, but I think it also sheds light on how whole brain teaching can help you be a better teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also that helps, you know, whole brain teaching has helped me be a more reflective teacher. And that if I have those days, which I'll be honest, I had one of those days this year where I was just like, you know, and I, it was a Friday, which makes it worse. Cause then you spend like the whole weekend, you know, going, Oh my gosh, you know, and just, but it, it allows you to reflect and go, okay, what, what strategy could I put in place on Monday or what strategy was I not using effectively on Friday that led to me, you know, having this, as Andre Desotel calls it, that that bottom brain or that lower brain yeah. response, you know? And so um, I, I have a question though about uh, what you were just talking about. Did any of your admins at your other school like offer you any strategies or did they just say like, you need to change this? <laughs> because, yeah, no, yeah. no strategies really were offered. Yeah. So yeah, no. that makes it that makes it hard because we're like in the thick of that emotional, you know, as as coach calls it, like limbic system. Our limbic system is battling with our students limbic system. And 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 it's really hard if you don't have some, you know, if someone's just saying you need to find a strategy to fix that because you're just like right now I'm not in a good headspace to figure that out. So um but I but I love now that we have some, you know, like if someone came to you or if an admin even came to you and said, wow, this particular teacher, they're really struggling with, with, you know, the yelling and the screaming or whatever, you know, you would be able to offer, you know, whole brain mm-hmm. teaching as a viable strategy for them. So, um, yeah. So, so many, so many tools in the two of walks with whole brain teaching that right. we talk about. So I think that's, what's cool about it, because if you have a bad day, then you can reflect and think about what other tool could I be using better or I could could I try to help this situation? Right. Mm-hmm. And it goes back goes back to also, Joanna, to what you were talking about with the Facebook presence. I mean, even getting on there and seeing maybe what other and being part of the the staff, you know, like mm-hmm. you are, you know, you can even, you know email someone and try to get some ideas from them. So, which is what I love about the whole brain teaching community as well. So when you were now that, now that you're not that teacher that you were 
Mm-hmm. Um, what strategy helped you? Like what whole brain teaching strategy really helped you with that particular problem? Or maybe what is your favorite whole brain te- teaching strategy overall? And why is it your favorite? Yeah. Um, I, I have a whole list of things that I do instead of school. So I hope you're ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, cause don't get me wrong. I like, cause kids are kids, and, right. you know? So of course, like you're, you're, I'm not saying I never get annoyed or frustrated or, yep. you know, I still do. I am human. That's right. Um, but like the first thing is always like, we just, we have to remember that it's okay to, to pause and take a deep breath. Um, and kind of my favorite, one of my favorite ways to reset myself and the class is I'll give a class. Yes, but I'll do it in kind of that exhausted mom voice. Like, Oh, class, you know, (laughs) it's just like, it's just kind of like that gives that, like, I, I kind of get to get my frustration out a little bit, but it's kind of in a fun way. Like they don't really, the kids don't really kind of pick up on that, you know, like they just think I'm giving a class. Yes. In a different voice. Um, and then like, I think it's crucial, like, cause I know some teachers struggle, like, well, I give the class. Yes. And they don't respond. And you know, you have to wait, like, Mm -hmm. like give your class. Yes. And when I give my class, yes, 99% of the time I am folding my hands with them and looking at them and just waiting. Um, and I think that's really important. So that way they, like if you do that every time, then they know, oh, she she means it when she gives the class. Yes, mm-hmm. I really do need to stop and fold my hands and look at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if but if you're feeling like if you're so agitated, and you're like, you know what? I can't give the class yes right now. If you are already working on um, working on coaches, um, self-guided class. I can't remember the exact term he uses it, but if the students can give the class, yes, like point to that kid, mm. have them give a class. Yes. And that gives you just like another few seconds to kind of pull yourself together. Um, also, um, another, like kind of when the whole class is driving you crazy, um, scoreboard and what we always say, stop scolding, start scoreboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my room, the turtle points for chatter is the most common turtle point they get. And it's very, I'll just very quickly like, Oh, too much chatter turtle. And, you know, and then they'll give the whack. And if it's not a good enough whack, I'll say, Oh, that was too slow. Or that was, you know, too quiet or whatever. That wasn't, you know, turtle. And we'll like, we'll do the ping pong and you know, the, Oh, that was better. Hawk point. Oh, that was still too slow turtle. And you go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that gives everyone a chance, especially you as the teacher to kind of reset. Um, and I don't know, almost like, um, it kind of, kind of re strengthens your connection with your students again, too, because it's kind of like, oh, wait, they are listening to me. Mm-hmm. They do know how to do this. And it kind of like brings you back into it. And then I feel like for me personally, it allows me to like, remember, oh, yes, we can do this. Things are not out of control. Because um, I do think going back to when I was like the yeller and scolder, I think part of it was like, I w- felt like I was things were out of control and that frightened me. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's an anxiety thing. And so I think by doing that, bringing that scoreboard piece in, getting their students to respond, then you're like, oh yes, I am in control of this classroom. I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one is the rule call out, um, which that's another strategy that, you know, if they're again talking, you just, oh, rule two, please. And everyone has to respond, raise your hand for permission to speak. And then you can also follow that up with a scoreboard point. Um, like, oh, that was, uh, you know, super fast. Great. You know, give them the hot point or, oh, that wasn't fast enough on that roll call out. That's a turtle point. 
um, you know, and tying those two strategies together. Um, and if I, if you guys can like jump in anytime, if you have something to add, no, <laughs> I feel great. like I'm just like, word vomit. Um, <laughs> well, I will say and, scoreboard um, was a lifesaver for me. Yeah. From when I started whole brain teaching, I mean, that was a very, that was a way I could control the class, getting them to do what I wanted, I needed them to do in order to learn. So I was a firm believer mm-hmm. in scoreboard mm-hmm. since day one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but then we have some, you know, sometimes it's not like the whole class that's driving us bananas. It's just that one kid. Um, and so <laughs> when a kid is doing something they shouldn't do, I often will say, no, thank you. Like, no, thanks. I'm not interested in that today. <laughs> you know, just keeping it light and friendly. You know, a kid is hanging off, you know, upside down from their desk. No, thank you. Let's, you know, just keeping it very casual and, um, you know, trying to use some, um, use some humor with them. Like <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is, um, if a kid is like, if they're supposed to be working on something, you know, independently. And you always got that one kid who's like staring off into space or they're watching you. And I'll be like, Oh, Jack, I know I'm beautiful, but staring at me won't get your work done. <laughs> you know, just like using humor with them because they're second graders. They like giggle and blush, and but then they'll get to work. Um, you know, just keeping it just again, like keeping that um, connection with them. Um, you know, that's so important to me. Um, and, you know, I do think that doing using the strong five practice mm-hmm. is another great way if because you know, sometimes you, you do, you need to have a come to Jesus moment with mm-hmm. a kid. Like you, you just do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's when you like go in hard on them, but like you call strong five practice. I did this last year. Um, when we first started using strong five, um, I had a student, my beloved rascal who was acting up during spelling. And so I called a strong five and I just knelt down next to him. And I said, Hey, I said, I'm trying to be the best teacher right now that I can be and trying to teach you spelling. And right now the way you're acting is making me feel like a one. So I like brought in fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so let's, let's make some better choices so that I'm, you know, I'm not feeling this. I want you to learn. I want your friends to learn. And then, it, you know, I just kept it short and sweet. And then we got right back to business and he, turned his behavior around. And so like you can use this strong five to have those. It doesn't have to just be for a student like melting down. It can mm-hmm. be for, like, Hey, I just need to like connect with you real quick. And like, let's check in with our behavior. Um, with my extremely, I have an extreme beloved rascal this year. Um, and he really, he's one of those kids who, um, reacts very negatively to when you are correcting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I've started doing is I've been calling it feedback. Um, and I've said, Hey, I'm giving you some feedback and this is what I see that, you know, and, um, that's been very useful for him. He doesn't react as negatively to that term. I'm giving you feedback as, you know, as me just saying, like, I don't know. Um, I don't like the way you're doing this. Mm Um, and then lastly, um, my last strategy that I actually had used with this extremely beloved rascal, sometimes you have to just walk away. Mm. Um, and this particular student of mine, he, um, had done his math, it's independent math work, but there was like a couple problems wrong. And so I, I, cause he didn't follow the directions on what he was supposed to do on the problem. And so I gave it back to him and I said, Hey, you know, um, you didn't do these correctly. So let's, let's fix them. And I was going to try and help him through. And he kept 
he, he was like, no, I did them right. And I said, no, no, they're not correct. And, you know, and, and he was like, I, I did. Yeah, I did. They're right. And I said, honey, um, I, if they were correct, I wouldn't be over here talking to you. Like what? He's like, well, that's what teachers do. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, you know what? I want to be the best teacher I can be for you. But right now I cannot be that teacher because I'm very frustrated. Mm -hmm. I said, I am, I'm at a one right now. And, um, you know, so I, I need to walk away. Um, and so I've told you that these are wrong. I've tried to help you and you don't seem to be interested in that help. And so I'm, I'm just going to walk away and you work on those problems, you know? And, so, and I did, and I walked away and I, kept checking other kids' math problems and, and, you know, calling them up. And, and, and the whole time I was using Andre's strategy of thinking chips and queso, chips and queso, chips and queso, <laughs> um, you know, because like I could, I could sense myself getting to that point. He was, cause he just kept arguing with me about how he had done the problems correctly. And mm -hmm. I was the one who was wrong. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> um, you know, so I was like, I, I can't walk away. I can't, I can't be this. I right. can't, he needs me to be right now. And so just remove myself from the situation so that I wouldn't further damage, not further damage, but I didn't want to like, it's, I'm working so hard to build that relationship right. with him this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I don't want to do anything that's going to damage the progress that I've made with him. Um, yeah, that was a lot of talking. No, <laughs> but that was really good. And I was actually going to mention that sometimes we do have to walk away. We have to say, you know what, right now I'm a one and I can't be the best teacher I want to be for you. And so, and you know, when Andre did his strong five podcast with us, it was like, that was like a weight lifted off my shoulder when mm -hmm. he said that, because it's like, we feel like we've got to prove our point as a teacher. Like I'm the teacher, you know, I need mm -hmm. to tell you how right I am. And, and sometimes it just, like you said, leads to that. Uh, it, it just adds friction or it can really create a great divide in that relationship. And instead of doing that, you know what, I'm going to take a break right now because <laughs> I'm at a one and I'm not going to be the best teacher you need right now. So we'll talk about this later. But I also think that that models to so many of our kiddos right now, um, the positive way to handle um, when we're not in the right headspace, when we're, mm -hmm. when we're feeling very limbic-y, if you will. Yeah. You know, I've had to model just breathing in front of my students. Like it's gotten out of control and I call class and I'm just like, listen, class, I'm going to take a couple really deep breaths right now because I'm feeling very overwhelmed and there's a lot of talking and a lot of not following directions right now. And it's making me feel very much like a one or a two. And I'm just going to take a couple deep breaths. You can join me if you'd like to, but this is how I'm going to kind of reset myself. Yeah. And I think that when we do that and we model that for our students, it shows them a different way because you're right. They're seven and eight years old. Their prefrontal cortex, their limbic system is, is going like gangbusters. Their prefrontal cortex, not fully developed. They're not going to make those smart choices all the time. But this is a great way to model that even as your teacher, I have moments mm -hmm. and I need to reset. So yeah. here's how I do it. And that's modeling for them that next time that they're in one of those moments, you know, 
we can encourage them to take some deep breaths, or maybe they just will take some deep breaths. I had a student last year who literally went over to the wall. No, this was two years ago, went over to the wall at recess, sat in the lotus position and took some deep breaths all by himself. And I got chills. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome that he knows how to do that. So anyway, so you did not share too much. I think all of that is so necessary. It's so Those are all amazing strategies to use for our kiddos when we're having those moments with them. Yeah. And I think too, like if, if we're, if we allow ourselves to show um, that vulnerability to our students, like, I think that helps them understand, oh, my actions actually can affect other people. And because especially the younger kids, they are very um, self-centered, which mm-hmm. that is appropriate. That's like developmentally, developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. for for them. Um, so it kind of forces them to look outside themselves and, oh, okay, I my actions are affecting someone else and not just affecting one of my peers, but affecting a grown up in the room. Like they have the same feelings that I do. And, oh, I see how they're reacting to those negative feelings. And like you said, Laura, like then they can um, hopefully remember that later when they're feeling like that and apply those strategies that we've been modeling for them. Well, I will say to our listeners, if you want to know more about chips and queso to check out the podcast that we did with Andre, I don't remember the the number, but it, um, do you remember Laura, what podcast number that was? I don't, but it was just a couple podcasts ago. It wasn't very many podcasts ago, but yeah. So if you're interested to know more about that, you'll have to check out that podcast. Mm. Well, Joanna, you've given us a lot of whole brain teaching strategies, and we've talked about that whole brain teaching has all of these components, all these tools in the toolbox. What are some tips that you would give someone who is just starting out and what is the best way for them to successfully implement it? Because sometimes I'm afraid that they feel overwhelmed, they try it, and then they quit. So what would you suggest? Yeah, um, I I mean, I am a firm believer in you have to go slow. Um, I think that Andrew Schindler who says you go slow to go fast. Right. Yeah, um, just start very basic. Um, start Just start with the class, yes. I mean, that's very simple because you can use that in so many different ways. Um, and just start with something and make sure that you feel really comfortable with it and that your students are responding it to responding to it the way that you want them to before you try and add in something else. And don't worry if you're like, well, you know, okay, it's, it's October. How can I introduce a new thing? Or it's April. How can I introduce a new thing? Um, I love this strategy. So, um, oh gosh, it would have been seven, eight years ago. I went to an in-person conference hosted by Sarah Matter. Um, which was amazing. Um, And it was in April and she was talking about the class rules and someone, a teacher there was like, well, how am I going to introduce this to my class this year? And she said, oh, that's easy. She said, you just tell them that you've been waiting all year for them to be ready for this. And now they are. And so the students don't have to know that it's brand new for you as well. Um, you just tell them like, well, I've just been waiting for you to be ready for it. You know, you are. So now we're going to do it. Um, and I just, I love that strategy. So, um, and I think too, like it can be overwhelming. Sometimes the Facebook groups can be overwhelming just because you go on and see like someone's posted video video and the, you know, it's an, like one of those model whole brain teaching classrooms and you're like, 
oh, when is my class going to be like that? Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember feeling that like that watching Laura, I started following your, um, classroom page. You had a page, you had a page for your classroom. I'm forehand firsties. Yes. Um, Long time ago. I not. Yes. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, oh, will I ever get to be like Laura? (laughs) Um, and you know, but that was years ago. And so you just have to like, you're not going to be like Laura or Rhonda or, you know, Stephanie, like you're you're not going to be there day one. It's going to mm-hmm. take a couple years, and and it's okay, um, because you will get there eventually if you just stick with it and just trust that it does mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And and two, I mean, even I mean, I say this all the time. Whether you're posting on a whole brain teaching Facebook page or your personal Facebook page, and we were just talking about this before we went, you know, to record this podcast. So many times we're going to put the very best of ourselves Mm -hmm. out there, right? So if we're having a great day, you know, I'm super excited if, and I'm going to post those videos of my Mm -hmm. kids, but a lot of times we don't post all the days leading up to that, you know, with our families, we post that nice family picture, but we don't post the, you know, the day we were getting ready for church and we're about to strangle each other. You know what I'm saying? So we right. always put our very best out there, which is super helpful for people. But you're right. It can also help us feel very, or it can cause us maybe to feel a little inadequate. Mm-hmm. And so Rhonda talks a lot about, you know, maybe putting, you know, my workup videos, like here are my videos before that amazing video. And I just mm-hmm. think that is such great, like, don't be afraid to show the re- your real class. Like, that's okay, too. But yeah. There was one year I shared a video of, like, day one rule rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I was a little nervous about sharing that, but I wanted new people to see that it's not perfect day one or even oh. week one. You know, you saw these kids looking around. You might have had two or three doing the gestures, but... I think it's important for them to see kind of some of the the baby steps that we have to take and see that it's not, you know, perfect right away. Because I think a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of people try it and they don't stick with it and then they just mm-hmm. quit. And I feel like mm-hmm. they're doing a disservice to themselves because it is powerful and it does work. Well, and Joanna, were you the one that posted um, your first triple whammy paragraph of the year? Was that you? I did. Yes, I did put that on Instagram and I don't, mm, I think I might've put it in the Facebook groups. I don't remember. Well, and so I was thinking about that because I think we have to remember too, that not all our, not all of our second grade classes are in the same place. Mm -hmm. Mine are just now working on double whammy sentences. Yeah. We just finished working on single whammy sentences. Like, but that's okay. So I can look at yours and go, my kid, we're aspiring to be that triple whammy paragraph class. We're not there yet, but here's some double whammy sentences, or here's a, you know, here's a triple whammy sentence that we tried once or whatever. But just knowing that I, I think it's important to let, people know, especially those newbies that it's a, every day is, you know, we're making progress, right? Yeah. And you might take a step back because I will tell you that our yeah. first triple whammy paragraphs about our freezing animals were great. Then I said, oh, they can do a triple whammy paragraph about the three things they like about fall. 
Ooh, those were a little bit scarier. Um, and I don't know why, but I was like, wait, I, we, we, well, we've got over this, <laughs> like, you know, so it's yeah. like, it's not always forward progress. Sometimes right. you do have to take it a little bit back. And so I'm like, okay, this week we need to do, I was like, I was going to do dub or extended triple whammy paragraphs this week. And after the fall paragraphs, I was like, mm, maybe we should do another week of just regular triple whammy paragraphs before we progress forward again. <laughs> right. But that's that reflective piece again, right? You know, you had a chance to reflect and go, maybe not yet. Are we ready to make that leap? But so we'll do some more practice. And really, that's a beautiful thing about whole brain teaching, too, is like when we do have these days, you know, maybe we just need more practice, right? Whether it be rules or uh, triple whammy sentences or whatever, Mm -hmm. we just need more practice. Yeah, that's actually... Um, another, I forgot. That's another strategy I used my last, um, last week or the week before. Ooh, it was one of those days we were not following directions. And so I, um, before we went to specials, I was like, I, I have a student teacher right now. And I said, Hey, will you go down to the computer teacher and tell him we're going to be like five minutes late? And I said, okay, we're going to do rule one, the rule one game, the and that's the where you give the kids a direction and they have to do the three peat and follow it. And then you put a tally mark um, for how many directions they get done. I think it's I think I said it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a new game that coach came up with last year, I believe. Um, and so I said, we're going to play this game. It's called the rule one game. And so we did that. And to help that, I said, we're just doing this practice following directions. And we did it. And then, oh. After specials, we were much better at following directions, um, yeah. you know, and I didn't have to scold them or anything. It was just like, hey, let's make this a game and practice. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was it worked beautifully. Yeah, I agree with you. This has been a really great conversation. Like it, it's been just enlightening to me because um, it helps me go, OK, this is something new I can try or something mm-hmm. I haven't tried in a while. So like this has just been a great conversation. We're so grateful that you've been here today. I'm wondering if you can let people know, let our listeners know, like how can they get in touch with you? So if they have a question or they yeah. want some clarification on something. That yeah, sure. So um, my email address is Joanna Willis at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, my name is spelled J-O-A-N-N-A-W-I-L-L-I-S um, at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, uh, I post in the Facebook groups or comment pretty regularly. Um, I'm also on Instagram. It's WBT in second and it's 2ND is how that name is. And yeah. then that's also my username on TikTok. Um, and I've been like, not posting as as much like I'm trying to I'm trying to be better about posting regularly on those two but I use those Instagram and TikTok to just post like examples of what's going on in my classroom so if you're wanting to check out and see how I'm doing things in my room you can find me on those um and or you can email me I'm I'm willing to help you solve any problem <laughs> Great. Or try to solve any problem. <laughs> well, Joanna, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your whole brain teaching journey with us. And I would say and a special thank you for 
being real and opening mm. up and everything. So I know it will help so many of our listeners as they mm. implement some of the pieces that you've discussed that are on our website in their classrooms this year. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of keep it light and breezy and we just love to have conversations with uh, some whole brain teaching friends. So thank you again for being on the podcast. Yeah. We, um, we want you to remember to check out wholebrainteaching.com. That's our website for information about whole brain teaching. And also remember to check out uh, the whole brain teaching official store for free downloads of anything whole brain teaching. And uh, yeah, so thank you again for being here. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today too. Um, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this with all your teacher friends and even your administrators. We are extremely grateful for each and every one of you. Until next time, bye-bye.